0: Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. New Point, have I told you lately that I love you? I really, really do. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, and I want to give a shout out to all of our six locations in eastern Ohio, and those of you who are joining us online around the world. Now, maybe you're like me, maybe you are a football fan, and maybe you watched the NFL draft, and people were getting Chosen, and other people were getting passed over and you could see the anxiousness and the anxiety on their face and maybe among their family and in the room. Maybe that's how you feel about life. But here's what I want you to know. God has chosen you. You're a number one draft pick. Jesus loved you so much that he died for you and he chose you and me and never, ever, ever, ever forget that. You're a number one pick. Now, we're in this series called Fruitful, and we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And today, we want to look at peace. Why? Because everybody wants peace. Everybody wants peace. And yet, the fact of the matter is we have three things that we have to deal with constantly. One is people, right? One is pressure, and one is problems, And whether you're a business leader and you're facing the pressures of deadlines or maybe not being able to get that product on your shelf or maybe, you know, do you hire more or do you lay people off? Or maybe you're a homemaker trying to corral the kids or maybe you're a student and you're feeling the pressure at the end of the year of getting all the work done, the the tests done. You kind of lose peace. You don't have the peace of mind that you long for, and maybe you have more stress than peace. You see, we live in a very intense world. Would you agree with me? Matter of fact, somebody has said it's the age of anxiety because we all face situations that can make us irritable and angry and intense, road rage, and it robs us of peace of mind. And sometimes that tension can be very, very harmful to our health because it can cause your blood pressure to go up. It can even cause a heart attack. See, every year, listen to this. This is incredible. I was reading this. Every year, $500 million worth of tranquilizers are prescribed to drop people into a low emotional gear. Wow. Wow. And the fact of the matter, if we're truthful, most of our anxiety and lack of peace comes from unresolved conflict in our life, people. See, if you have an argument with your spouse or somebody at work, you know, it's there until you work it out. And unresolved issues in your life and relationships create that tension in your life that robs us of peace. Or maybe you have a major decision and you're thinking, you know, do I or don't I? And what happens is you can become irate and upset and irritable and frustrated because you don't know what to do. And so I want to share with you three things that may be stealing your peace, robbing you of peace. One would be this, circumstances are uncontrollable. We lose our peace when circumstances are uncontrollable and most of our life is out of our control. You know, you might find yourself, so to speak, in the gridlock traffic jam, and so you're missing opportunities or important events, or maybe you're a couple trying desperately but unsuccessfully to get pregnant and to have a baby, or maybe you've lost your job unexpectedly, and you're wondering, how on earth am I gonna provide for my family And when these things happen, big or small, we get frustrated, we get anxious, and we lose what? Peace of mind. Or it may be this, it may be people. People are unchangeable. Have you found that out? I'm sure if you're married, you have already learned you can't change anyone. And the quickest way to lose your cool is to try to change someone else. You see, most people are not going to change the way in which you want them to. They're not going to behave the way in which you want them to. And even though we know it doesn't work, we still what? We still try to change our spouse or somebody else in our life. And what happens is it robs us of peace. Or maybe it's problems are unexplainable. You're going through some problems some setbacks, some disappointments, and you're throwing your hands up in the air and you're saying, I don't understand why. Even though we know that life isn't fair, even though we know that we live in a fallen world. You see, things don't always go your way or my way, even though we pray about it and we get anxious, we get nervous, we get stressed out. And yet here's what I want you to know today. God has promised to meet our deepest need, and that is to give us peace, peace of mind. Matter of fact, one of God's names is Jehovah Shalom. I am the God of peace. And finding peace is one of our greatest needs. It's one of our greatest searches. It's really necessity in life that you and I find peace and we experience it. But we don't always experience it, do we? Even though we strive for it. And I think one of the reasons why we don't is because we think it's a place. You know, we think, we we look at pictures and maybe the beach or a sunset or a sunrise or a waterfalls, and we say that's peace, but here's what I want you to understand. Peace is not a place. It's not someplace you go to. It's a gift that you and I can receive and experience when we accept the Prince of Peace. And that's Jesus. And when we do, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be problem-free. It means that when your world seems to be falling apart, that you can think clearly and calmly and with confidence and sleep peacefully. And that's what God wants to give you. He has that for you. You see, what happens is some of the ways in which we try to get peace or find peace, or counterproductive in our life, and so we develop an attitude of indifference or apathy, or we just say, I don't care, and yet the fact of the matter is we do care, and it really doesn't help our situation to kind of say we don't care to be indifferent or aloof. It doesn't help our anxiety or worry one bit. Matter of fact, it, it complicates it even more. So the question becomes, how do I experience God's peace in my life? It's not something that you can work for strive for or beg for. It's a gift because our God is generous and he's giving. Look at what Jesus said. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give. I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you let not your what? Your heart be troubled. Neither let it be what? Afraid. Why? Because I'm going to give you my peace. Now, notice that Jesus says that peace is a gift. It's not something that you can work for or earn. It's a gift. You can't even psych yourself up and say, you know what? I'm going to be at rest. I'm going to have peace of mind. It doesn't work that way It's simply a gift that you and I can receive. And Jesus says that the peace that he gives is different than the world and what it offers to you and me. He says this in another place in John. He says, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you what? Great confidence. What are we saying peace is? It's a calmness. It's a clarity. It's a confidence at rest in me. He said, you can have confidence and be at rest in me. You see, listen, the peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of conflict. It's not about peaceful circumstances. Rather, it's a spirit-empowered inner peace, a condition of your heart and your mind that brings about clarity and calmness and confidence. It allows you to see and respond to situations and circumstances and even people in a calm, confident way, in a courageous way. And that's something that the world simply can't give you. It's only available through the person of Jesus Christ. And it is the foundation that Jesus calls you and I to live our life, this peace to do our work, to love our spouse, to love our kids, to love our family, to be able to do work and to be able to lead and to be able to be engaged with all of life. You see, when we do not operate from this foundation of peace, this gift that Jesus gives us, what happens is it disrupts our life and our life becomes filled with anxiety and worry and stress which means that we're not walking in the Spirit. And if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're not going to experience the fruit of the Spirit. And so our hearts become troubled and fearful, and we're not effective and we're not productive. You see, God's peace is about fulfillment. It's about the healing of your hurts and your wounds. It's about the restoration of your fragmented and broken life that Jesus says, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to give you peace. You see, all of us at one time was estranged from God. We were enemies of God. We were fragmented and we were broken. And through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're made whole and complete and we're fulfilled. But our relationship with God has to be restored first. If we're going to be able to experience this gift of peace that Jesus offers to you and me, you see, scripture speaks of two kinds of peace. One is positional peace, and positional peace is objective. And what I mean by that, it's a matter of fact. It has to do with our standing with God. And when we accept Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, into our life to forgive us of our sins, then we have this positional peace that we are at peace with God. Paul explains it in 2 Corinthians 5 18 when he said this God sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. Our positional peace is expressed even more clear when Paul says this in Romans 5 1. Since we are made right with God by faith in Christ, we have what? Peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. And so, We have to build on this positional peace that that we have a right relationship with God. And then the second kind of peace is practical peace. Practical peace. This is more subjective. This is is, uh, dealing with how you and I live out this peace that Jesus Christ offers you and me and how we apply it to life and reality and circumstances and situations that we find ourselves In in life, you see, guilt is the number one destroyer of peace. And that's why we have to have this positional peace that we have to be right with God. We have to be able to experience forgiveness of all of our sins. And once we are saved and our position with God is secure, then it's a matter of how you and I live out this peace that He has placed in your life and in my life, and how we live it out in everyday fashion. You see, it's a spirit-empowered peace, and it deeply affects how we do life, how we deal with people and problems and pressures. Rather than feeling stressed and anxious and angry, this peace transforms the way in which we respond because we have a calmness to us. We have a clarity about us. We have a confidence. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter five that we must walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit. Not only for you and I to experience peace, but if we're walking in the spirit, guess what? Our mind is in the place of where we can overcome any difficulty and problems because we have clarity, we have confidence, we have calmness. And so what happens is we don't overreact to problems and people and pressures, but we don't underreact either. You see, true peace only happens through the person of Jesus Christ. And when we experience his empowerment, it permeates every area of our life, all of our relationship, our work. You see, the presence of God's peace in your life and my life does not exempt us from the people and the pressure and the problems of life. No, 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 no. There are gonna be difficult times. There's gonna be hardships. There's going to be setbacks. But he promises that he will fulfill his purpose and his plan in our life. So guess what? We can be at peace. We can rest in that if we abide in him and his truth. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and here's what he says. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace. Isn't this comforting? At what? At all times. In what? Every way. That peace and that spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him, who walk in the Spirit, regardless of life's circumstances, problems, pressure, people, the Lord be with you all. Now, what he is saying here is this. Get this. You have to get this. Okay? Okay. The power and the peace of God comes through the Spirit of God. And that's the key that Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, that when we walk in the Spirit, guess what? We experience the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what it says in Galatians five seventeen: For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Check this out to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And then Paul writes to the church in Romans, and he says this, to be controlled by the human nature results in death. What's the human nature? If it feels good, do it. It's by five senses, okay? To be controlled by the spirit results in what? Life and what? Peace, that's what we're after. But there's this great inner battle within each and every one of us. It's your sin nature, it's your flesh nature, fighting against the spirit nature that God has placed in you and me. And they're constantly competing against one another and for your attention, for your choices, for your behavior. And one brings life and one brings death. And if you are a Christ follower, listen to me, the power and the peace of spirit is available to each and every one of us. But for you and I to be able to access it and to experience it, you must make the choice and the decision to walk in the spirit. Otherwise, you're not going to experience peace. See, Paul says it like this. He says, I say, walk by the Spirit or in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The point is, we all have a choice. Am I going to walk in the Spirit, or am I going to walk in my flesh? Am I going to do what honors God, or am I going to do what feels good? You see, there's a battle going on. It's a fight. It's fierce, okay, and it's very specific. As you go back and you read, here's what we will learn. We will learn that the spirit versus the flesh is a battle. It's a spiritual war. Truth versus deception. Love versus indifference and hate. Self versus other-centered. Humility versus arrogance. All of these are choices that you and I get to make. Sexual purity versus lust. Good versus bad language. Generosity versus greed. Gratitude versus discontent, wow. Joy for others versus jealousy of others. Emotional discipline versus impulse anger. You see, this battle is intense and it's constantly in your life and in my life. And sometimes you will lose, but then you just dust yourself off and confess to God and you reestablish yourself and you say, you know what, I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to follow God's heart and God's leading. You might say, Dwight, how do I do that? Well, let me give you just a couple of ways as we wrap up. First is you choose to obey God's principles. You choose to obey God's principles. Look at what the psalmist writes. Great peace have they who what? Love your law. That's Scripture, okay? That love your law. Law, and nothing can make them stumble. In one translation, it says, and nothing will offend them. Wow. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. God says that great peace comes to those who walk in harmony with him. You see, look, this is a manual. You know, if you've ever gotten a car or bought a new car, what happens is you get a car manual. It's in your glove department. And what happens is it tells you everything about the car. Well, what happens is this tells you everything about life, about relationships, about how to handle your finances, how to parent, how to do life, all of that and much more. And if you ignore these, guess what? You're gonna not experience the peace. If you don't obey these principles, you will not experience peace. And so we are called to obey God's principles. That's walking in the spirit. And then, Focus on God's presence. Focus on God's presence. Okay, you and I get to choose what we focus on. We can focus on people and pressures and problems, or we can focus on God's presence. Look at what Isaiah says. You will guard him or her, keep him or her in what? Perfect peace and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination And its character is what? Stayed on you, focused on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. You and I get to choose what we focus on. We get to choose what we think about. And what you think about determines your feelings. And what you feel determines how you what? Behave, which affects your personal peace. It affects your personal peace. So you focus on God's presence. He's with you. He's promised that he will always be with you. David said it like this in Psalms 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You know what he's saying here? God, you can give me perfect peace in the midst of all of my enemies. I can enjoy a filet mignon with baked potato, butter, sour cream, good salad. And they're not going to affect me because my peace is a gift. It's not based on my circumstances. And God wants to give you that kind of peace that surpasses all understanding, to be able to set and to be, listen to me, to be able to be among people who may dislike you. But you know what? You're not going to run from the situation. You can be at peace. And so obey God's principles, focus on his presence. And then the third one is surrender your anxiety. Surrender your anxiety. I love what the psalmist says. He says, be still and realize that I am God. God's bigger than the people in your life. God's bigger than the pressures in your life. God's bigger than the problems in your life. You see, the the Hebrew word here, be still means to ease up, to let go. It has been said that most of our problems comes from the inability to what? Remain still. And so here's what I want you to do right now, right where you're at, okay? What I want you to do is just focus on God right now. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Take that deep breath. (sighs) Realize that God's right there. And just say, God, I trust you. I love you. You see, listen. The answer to anxiety is singleness of mind. It's the focus on God. You can't focus on two things at the same time. And so when you focus on God and you realize who he is, guess what? You experience peace. How about this one? And that is to trust God's purpose. Wow. See, when you focus on God and you know who he is, it leads you to trust him. One of my life verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I love it. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your heart, not a divided heart, all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Hey, Mason, don't try to figure everything out about the people in your life or the problems in your life or the pressures in your life. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, focus on him, obey his principles, surrender to him, and he shall, what, direct your path. He will make it very, very obvious to you. You notice how many verbs are in there? Wow, unbelievable. Do you see that? Trust, lean not, acknowledge, direct. That's, that's your part. That's my part. That's walking in the Spirit. And then guess what? We experience this incredible, unbelievable gift. And the promise is he'll direct your path. He will make it obvious to you and me. And you, listen, 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 listen to me, okay? You can be at peace when you know that God is directing your life. When you are confident and you say, God, you're directing my life. God, you're in control. You can be at peace. Do you know what? Some of us have a hard time trusting God. We don't trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And I want to help you with that today because there are two ways in which you can develop trust in the Lord. Two ways, okay? I want to give them to you. One is through giving. Giving, you know why? Because here's what I know about you. Money is very, very important to you. And, And listen, if you can't trust God with your money, you'll never be able to trust God with your kids. You'll never be able to trust God with your health. You'll never be able to trust God with your career because it'll always come back to money. If you can't trust God with money, listen, you don't have much hope for peace. You just don't. And so how do you develop trust with God? You give, I think in three ways. One is the priority principle. That means that you make it a priority that you give to God. Now, from a scriptural standpoint, They call it the tithe, 10%. And you might say, Dwight, there's no way I can do that. Then start at three, start at five, start at seven, but do something consistently week in and week out. Make it a priority and watch what God does. And then move the percentage. If you're at 5%, move it to a tithe, 10%. If you're at 10%, why do something forever? Move it to 12 or 15 percent, and you'll see God continue to move and work, and your trust in Him will grow. And then, progressive you know what progressive is? Is that you see if you can outgive God. And what you do is you determine your lifestyle. You know, God, this is going to be my lifestyle. And you know what? When I hit this level, the rest of it. I'm going to give to your work in your kingdom, and I'm telling you what, 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 listen to me, what will happen is your trust will deepen in incredible, unbelievable ways, and you will experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. If you don't do this, you won't experience peace because you won't learn to trust God. The second way is by practicing a Sabbath. That's time. That's time. That means that you give God a day and you rest from everything else. You rest from your career. You rest from from work. Work six days, but on that seventh day, you know what you do? You rest, and you say, God, you know what? I I believe that you're not only the owner of everything, but you're the timekeeper. And when you learn to trust God with your money, and your time, what? listen to me, your, your faith, your trust in God will go through the roof. But if you don't do these two things, you know what? You will be a Christ follower who lives like a pagan, full of anxiety and worry and distraught. And you won't have clarity. You won't have a sense of calmness about you or confidence, because you will lack trust in the one who knitted you together in your mother's womb and who died for you. Y'all okay? Love you. Love you. So Jesus says, I give you my peace. Are you experiencing his peace? It's within you if you're a Christ follower. So you don't even have to pray for peace. You know what you can do? You just experience it by obeying God's principles. Okay, by obeying God's principles, by surrendering your anxiety, by focusing on Him, by trusting in His purpose. You see, maybe today you've never experienced the Prince of Peace, and today I want to give you an opportunity to experience His forgiveness because He wants to give it to you. Maybe you have invited Jesus into your life as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. But you know what? Truth be known, you don't have much peace in your life. And I challenge you today to walk in the Spirit, to obey His principles, to focus on His presence, to surrender your anxiety, and to trust His purpose. Would you pray with me? For those of you who've never accepted Jesus Christ, as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, would you just pray this simple prayer? Just say, God, as much as I know and as much as I understand, I invite you in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and remove the guilt and the shame, the number one destroyer of peace, and come and fill me with your presence and your power and your peace so that I can have this as my foundation." thank you for dying on a cross, Jesus. Thank you for bringing peace to me so that I can have it with my creator in Jesus' name. Others of you, you're Christ followers. And you know what? Sad to say, you're not enjoying this gift of peace. Would you make a commitment to obey God's principles? Would you make it a commitment to begin to focus on God and his presence and his power? Would you make a commitment to surrender your anxiety to him? Would you make a commitment to trust in God's purposes and begin to give and practice a Sabbath? What does that mean? It means to walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. And so, Father, we thank you today for this incredible, unbelievable gift of peace that everybody wants, that everybody's looking for, and yet it's found in a relationship with you. May we enjoy it, embrace it, and experience it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media. Download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.